This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Apple, not the technology company, just the singular fruit. I never left my family. I left myself unshackled. I'll become the Howard Wakefield I was meant to be. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Roll of Credits. The podcast. The podcast. The only podcast in the world. Without (laughs) fruit. Today, we are discussing a film that I found uh, a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was very surprising, and it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. It was an interesting concept, and I was like, this seems like it could really be interesting and cool, and I think overall it is, Uh, and that is a movie called Wakefield. You know, between this and like the one that comes out next in, in the order that I'm going to like put them out there's a huge contrast between <laughs> your preference and style of movies that you pick and my preference of style and movies i pick right well prior to this we we just recorded pacific rim yes so i mean even that alone is like <laughs> <laughs> insane so yeah Ooh, frank like deep psychological stories with a huge meaning zach like robot punchy monster <laughs> yeah so thanks for yeah, that frank no problem man anytime any, no but i, any I really chance to make you look worse than me i'm all about <laughs> no but i really enjoyed this movie i'm glad it, re- it is a very interesting concept yeah uh so you want to run down everything and then i can discuss what the plot is yeah fuck you all right all right so wakefield it was made in 2016 directed by robin swickord uh so i only put in like well, really, three there's people. only three, four people in this movie. <laughs> right. So the main character is Brian Cranston, who plays Howard Wakefield. Yes. You have his wife, Jennifer Garner, uh, who plays Diana Wakefield. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty. Uh, you have Jason O'Mara playing Dirk Morrison. Dirk Morrison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Bur-boom>. <laughs> Dirk steals a girl. <laughs> and then uh, I put Ian Anthony Dale, who plays Ben Jacobs. Oh, the okay. one other lawyer yeah. that like tries but guy. fucking <laughs> sucks so badly. God, <laughs> going in for the handhold. Uh, nope. <laughs> my girlfriend did not like this movie at all. She really? watched it with me, and she was so bored because, to the high contrast of what this film is about, this movie is almost entirely exposition. Yes. And it's done so well that it doesn't matter. Yeah. My Jess watched it with me, and she was late. Well, she was almost late to work for it. She enjoyed it? She really enjoyed it, but she was pissed off because she had to leave 15 minutes before the movie ended. Uh, yeah. So she didn't get to see the ending. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know what Wakefield is, and you might not because, I mean, do you even remember seeing trailers for this movie? No, God, no. It's it's an IFC movie, which usually tells me that it's more like on the indie scale of things. Correct. Like, very rarely you see anything IFC that gets a theatrical release. Right. So, um, I just knew of it because I follow Brian Cranston's career pretty closely as, like, what he's making, what he's doing, because, I mean, you Would know. Would you start Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he was Bad. golden in Malcolm Breaking in the Middle. Bad is really like you know. I mean, that's kind of what made him the guy. And I was so yeah. excited when he was in Godzilla, and they just did not do him justice. No, but anyway, um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointing. I have gripes with that movie. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but uh, so basically, this movie is, and it's similar to my last choice, which was American Beauty. You know, this I, movie does I, have some similarities in which the main character is a guy who's kind of at the middle of his life, and 
he kind of goes through a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And his entire life is kind of on autopilot right now where he's going to a job every day and he's not really happy. And, he's, and I mean, the opening shot when he's in Grand Central Station, I mean, it kind of just shows you, like, like, when he's walking through Grand Central, like, you could just see on his face how, like, just on autopilot he is. Like, he just does not... He's not there, you know what I mean? Like, he's, his mind... It just seems like it's somewhere else, and he's just going through the, the motions. Well, that's why, too, like, I wrote in my notes, it's like, he looks so lonely and so, like, absent of wanting to communicate with anybody in the one of the world's largest populations of, like, people everywhere. Yeah. So, like, right off the bat, you can kind of see, like, who he is as a character. And I made that that similarity, too, of American Beauty. It's just this takes a little bit more of, like, a darker twist on it. Do you think darker? I mean, maybe not so much darker, but more of like a serious tone to it. Because like American Beauty had like... Kind of like a tongue-in-cheek about it. it yeah, it was more of kind of like fun yeah. with him going through the midlife yeah. crisis. This, this one is just fucking sad. This was, this was <laughs> sad. And also at the same time, I was like, he is psychologically bothered to be doing this a little bit. Yeah. Um, so basically, we haven't even gotten to the plot yet. No. Uh, basically, what it's about is he kind of ends up at a point where he kind of says, fuck it, similar <laughs> to American Beauty. Yeah. And he ends up with a series of events. He ends up inside the attic of his garage. With a raccoon. For, with a raccoon. For a moment. And um, from his garage, there is a window that he can see pretty much the main two rooms in which or the main three rooms i guess in which you really kind of need to see in someone's house which is the living room the kitchen and the bedroom i guess plot wise they're just in the kitchen most of their lives uh well they're in the kitchen a lot but they also are in the living room and then her in her bedroom a lot too yeah um and basically what he decides to do is he decides to not come home from work one day and he's up in that, and he just and and it starts off as a game where he's yeah. kind of just like seeing like oh let's see how far I can take this like let's see how my wife reacts to me not coming home mm -hmm. tonight and like let's see what she does and 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 then it slowly spirals into him just never going back, and he stays in his attic for what seems like years almost like I mean yeah. you go through seasons here yeah and. You're then watching, th and th for the most part, there are some, there are a few scenes in which he does end up going out in like the night, and he does do some other things. But for the most part, this entire film takes place in his driveway, in his house, and in his attic, mm -hmm. and that's almost the entirety of the film. And uh, yeah, and you basically are just watching him watch his wife go through the grieving process of his his wife thinking that he just didn't come home from work one day to then thinking that something may have actually happened to him to yeah. then accepting that he's not coming back to then the grieving process of that to then his daughters never really even seeming to care. Yeah. And, and then, and then his wife then starting to talk to other men and then, and the whole time he's just watching this happen. Mm -hmm. He just wants to see like how it unfolds. Almost like he's watching like a play of his life. Yeah. And that's where, too, like, I, I brought up the fact of, like, kind of psychological type things. Because his mindset for, like, the first couple of days is, like, oh, let me just... The first night, he's like, oh, let me, like, watch them and see how they react. 
and then he falls asleep in the chair. And it's totally by accident. Yeah, he falls asleep in the chair and he wakes up in the morning. And he's like, "Oh, I can't go back there now. She's gonna think that like I slept around with somebody and I didn't yeah. come home. Yeah. I'm gonna have to stay up here a little bit longer <laughs> and figure it out." Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, "You're fucked. You're gonna <laughs> stay here forever." <laughs> But I mean, it isn't like this movie. Oh, like I feel like explaining this, it almost seems a little far fetched. But I mean, in reality, I I think it actually thinks like this really could be a situation that happens because a, how do you explain to your wife that That you you fell asleep in the attic (laughs) and like, (laughs) (laughs) no, you were sleeping around, weren't you? (laughs) Like, yeah. How do you explain that you went into the that you went into the uh, the garage attic and you fell asleep in there because you were watching her through the window to see how she would react to you not coming home? And then her not question, you know, her you know, uh, her not question if you went out sleeping with another woman. Mm-hmm. To then it just kind of just keeps building on itself where it's like I've been away for now this long. I can't explain that now either. Yeah, I know. And now I've been away for this long, and now I can't explain that. And it gets to a point where it's like, can you ever go back? And then on top of that, he's in his attic. So, again, when I said, like, it seems a little far-fetched, I think because it's like you're you're watching a man who is literally within seven feet of walking distance to just go in his house. Yeah. So it's like, how do you not notice him or anything like that? But it's like, how often do you really go into your attic? Yeah. I mean, I've... Especially if it's a disconnected garage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like he's connected to the house in which they would hear him in any way, like walking around through the ceiling or anything like that. So, I mean... It's it, just a couple of times a year at most. Right? That you're ever going up in that attic. I mean, in this in this movie, it's like for a... They, they, they put like their summer stuff away up there. And then maybe... I don't know. They didn't even seem like there was like a Christmas tree or anything up there. So, like a fake one. So, like... That is true, though. Like, you really just use your attic for, for storage, and then it's just kind of like, oh, we forgot about that. We never go up there ever again. So, I mean, you could essentially do what he did. Yeah, I've been living in yours for about three <laughs> months, and you haven't noticed. Yeah. Uh, I told Jess to that, too. That. As as I, as we were watching it yesterday, uh, I, I told Jess, I was like, I'm just going to come home before you one day and then just start living in the shed outside. <laughs> um, Be sleeping on the lawnmower for months. <laughs> My back is fucked. <laughs> God. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that you, that you enjoyed it. I was a little nervous. I thought that you were gonna be kind of bored. No, no, I was very in. Like by minute ten, you were in. When yeah, like after the first night, and he kind of like goes in when nobody's home, and then just kind of like freshens up. Like he eats something and like he takes a shower and he shaves and then gets in a new pair of clothes. And then he decides, like, oh, I'm just going to leave a note for her. So then that way it's like, oh, I, I, like, you know, I pulled an all-nighter at work or something like that. And then he was like, no, no, that would cause more suspicion. Yeah. I'm just going to go back up to the (laughs) attic (laughs) and decides to stay there. And by that point, I was like, I need to find out how How far this man is going to go with this. And, I mean, it's actually pretty remarkable on how... I mean, you really, I mean, this movie almost shows you the quickness of how somebody turns like animalistic because I mean, look, Brian Cranston in this movie, his character, Howard is not by any means an ignorant, stupid, uneducated man in any way. He's a lawyer. He's smart. He's very, very well read. He has uh, a great job 
And then he kind of just has this moment of fuck it, like we said, right? Like he just kind of has this moment of I'm I'm done living my life for other people. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And then again, and this movie starts off pretty lighthearted where he's having fun with it. He's watching his wife go through it. And then like the, the dialogue, he's, the inner dialogue that he's having in his head, I think it's very, very well written. Like it is so engaging and it's funny. Yeah, because he, he like uh, watches his wife call like his job and then he's just kind of like mimicking what the the, the secretary would say. Are, I was yeah. like, no, she, he hasn't come in yet. Yeah. No, I haven't seen him since last night. Oh, he punched out yeah, on his normal time. time. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like eating the potato <laughs> and like mouthing it all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it's 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 really it's really really uh it's really really well written. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's similar to this year a movie came out called Ad Astra with um yeah I saw Brad about Pitt that. Mm-hmm. and. That movie again, Brad Pitt's character doesn't doesn't really say much. It's all inner dialogue. It's all just in his head, and he's talking. But when a movie has, you know, when the when the writers of the film really, really are great writers, and and you can be okay with just being in the head of the character, then I mean, I think this is a movie that does exposition very, very well. Yeah, and to do it for an entire hour and 45 minutes. And for me personally, not really ever getting bored. You hate it. You hate exposition. I know. And for me personally, you know, for having an hour and 45 minutes of, of pre- pretty much just all exposition and everything just kind of being like told to you. And then you do get some visuals of him going, you know, uh, thinking like flashbacks, but it's still, he's still like voicing over those telling you the situations and everything, but it's just, it's just done so well that it doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's done incredibly well. And like even so, too, like when it starts to get like a couple of days in and he realizes like, oh, like I'm I I can't like use my credit card because that'll cause suspicion. I only have like about like two, three hundred dollars in my wallet. And he starts to kind of like lose himself almost a little bit where he's like, all right. I'm going to basically just live off the grid. And at one point he decides like, I'm not going to take anything from the house. Right. Anymore. Because it starts off where he's kind of like sneaking into his house when his wife goes off to work and the kids go off to school and he's t- stealing like some food from the fridge. He's take he takes like a bottle of wine. Yeah. Takes like stuff that yeah. Crackers. And yeah. Stuff he, like takes, that. he takes things that you wouldn't notice that are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he turns into him getting frustrated and he's still being reliant on her and on the family that he's like, fuck it, I'm going fully off the grid. And then he basically goes full homeless. Like he yeah. is, he's essentially living like a homeless man. And then you get to a point in the film where he is 100% homeless. He is living the life of a homeless man, mm-hmm. but he's literally living across the street from his house. <laughs> from like his actual point, home. Right. And he says it in the movie where he's just like, at any point in time, he could just walk through the door, mm-hmm. but he chooses not to. And then you have that great inner thought, too, because they do it throughout the movie where, like, he just kind of has these thoughts of, like, oh, what if this scenario happened? They're funny. And, like, Some of them are funny. Yeah, like him walking through at the party and being like, surprise, and everybody drops their glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was fun. Yeah, that was. I like I like when he's playing, when he's sitting in the park and he's playing all the... the um, the scenarios in his head. Yes. And his wife comes up and he's like taking a dump in the bucket. Yeah. And she has like a flashlight on him and he's just like laughing hysterically on mm-hmm. the on the bench, just like laughing hysterically. And I mean to everybody else in the outside world, he looks like a crazy person. He looks like a crazy homeless man. But he's super educated. Yeah. And he's and he's literally doing this by choice. Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting. 
And then you start to kind of learn, like, you know, the relationship that him and Diana have, Mm -hmm. where it's all kind of, like, built on lies and a game almost. Yeah. Because then you get, like, the whole thing of, like, Dirk Morris. Dirk Morris. Where it's, like, he was dating her first, and, like, Dirk and Howard were, like, really good friends. And I guess, like, he had made some comment as, like, because they, they just kept, like, trying to one-up each other playing games yeah, yeah. and seeing who was better at them. Yeah. And he basically decides, like, oh, like, you can't ask out my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to, like, him kind of, like, swooing her a little... Wooing her? Wooing. Swooing. Ooh. Ooh. Swooing? No. That's not a word. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Swooping is a word. <laughs> um, but kind of, like, wooing her and then leading Diana to more so pick, like, Howard over Dirk... And then, you know, Brian Cranston or Howard, as we'll call him, uh, <laughs> as he is in the movie, as he is in the movie, <laughs> he played a very, very smart game with yes. how he dis- how he like finally ended this competition. Yes, in which he just kind of brought it up in conversation. Because so the whole premise is that she was wasn't sleeping. She is not like an easy girl. Like yeah. she she is a woman that you really need to like work to get mm-hmm. and. I think that was kind of like what made her so attractive to both of these men was that she wasn't super easy. She's very intelligent. She's like a dancer. She's beautiful. She's got a fantastic body. She's just got this like aura about her that just kind of is like interesting. Yeah. And she's and then she's not easy in any way. Like she doesn't sleep around at all. So it's a challenge. And like when she's not sleeping with both of them and then like you said, like Brian or Howard then Howard like decides kinda... like he's like man he's like sitting at the bar with uh, Dirk. <laughs> Dirk is such a douchey name. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did it on purpose. It's like you know that Dirk Morrison is a douchebag. Oh, I mean kind of I mean more so Ben Jacobs is in ben the movie. Ben is also a fucking douche. Dirk's actually not that bad of a yeah, guy in the true. movie. I guess, I guess he's not. Uh, but Ben is a fucking cock. I hate, we'll, we'll talk about Ben in a minute but yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck Ben. Because <laughs> he even says dude that douchebag. <laughs> um, but yeah so when she's refusing to sleep with either one of them and they're having this kind of like competition in which it's almost like Monday night she's hanging out with Dirk, Tuesday night she's hanging out with Howard. Yeah. And it's like, you know, who who is she going to go for? It's like this love triangle and nobody knows, like, you know, they're, and they're both trying to win her heart. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting at the bar with uh, Dirk and he's like, you know, the other night we were laying in bed and, and, and she said to me, she said to me about like moving in together and I was just like, what? And then Dirk cuts him off and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're sleeping with her? And he's like, yeah, of course you're you're not, and then he gets really pissed off, and yeah. then he tries to force himself onto her, mm-hmm. and then she kicks him away, and then it kind of just leaves Howard left. Yeah, and then he that was a smart and then tactical critical move because he knew too that Dirk was going to come back punch him, and now Howard gets kind of like that sympathy card yeah. of like, oh, I have a black eye, can you take care of me? Yeah, man, it and was then, it was very well played. Yeah, and then you have, like, the whole thing afterwards of, like, once they get married, and he says, to like, after the first year, the game kind of, like, fizzled out. Right. But now she's pregnant with their child, so, like, he's kind of, he he's, like, he's not ready to just up and leave, but he's, like, oh, now it's kind of, like, a new game, so let me see how the cards play out. Yeah. And, and then it, you get, like, the jealousy aspect of, like, their relationship. Yeah, I want to talk about that, because that's interesting, right? When Yeah, at when, first, like, it's kind of like their king. Fr- exactly, right? And it's interesting to watch a man's marriage kind of fizzle out. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely sad. And, I mean, you definitely feel for Howard in this movie where 
you see that his wife and his kids, both of his daughters, I mean, granted, like they are, he even says that they're at, he, you know, they're both kind of at that age in which yeah. they kind of just hate their dad because they're teenage girls and that's what it is. Which is why I put like a lot of similarity to American Beauty in this movie. Right. Because he's kind of in the same boat yeah. where it's like family kind of hates him. He has a job that he hates. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, what am I going to do? Right. So he's like coming in and, you know, the wife is, his wife is barely talking to him. The kids aren't speaking to him. They hate him. And then the only thing that kind of would get them going would be like this jealousy thing where they would be at a party and she would be talking to a man and then he would be watching her and then they would kind of have like a little bit of a fight and then that would be like their turn on and then it would kind of go into it. But then it kind of even that fizzles out and that falls apart in which she kind of gets sick and tired of this game. And it gets to a point where I don't know if I would say that they hate each other. I don't know if I would go that far. I think it's more like hate fucking. Yeah. At that point, but like, yeah, but I'm, yeah, they don't I mean like as their marriage itself. Like, I don't know if I would say because he he acknowledges that he believes that she that she believes that she married the wrong man. Yes. So I don't know if I would go as far. I don't know if I would go as far as saying that she hates him. Just she just isn't madly in love with him. But, you know, like she's not madly in love with him. And then they built this life together where they have these kids. So then this resentment kind of Mm -hmm. starts taking over where it's like we don't we just don't love each other anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like it didn't it didn't seem it definitely didn't seem like they just straight up hate each other. Kind of like how American Beauty is with Kevin Spacey character and his wife. They hate each other. (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely despise each other. And this it was less of like they hate each other and more of just like. They're really rocky right now. Super rocky, right? Yeah, because but I mean, they're not granted, at that point of like divorce or anything like that. But they're 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 definitely like heading in that direction if shit doesn't get like fixed. Yes. And you know, I mean, obviously she doesn't hate him because when he doesn't show up, I mean, so when the first night when he when he doesn't show up, mm-hmm. he gets pretty upset because he's expecting her to be all worried and like, where's my husband? And she just gets angry and throws his uh, dinner that that she made just right in the trash, and yeah. she's like, fuck him. Yeah. Kinda, At least and then he, he gets pissed off, right? And he's like, "Well, fuck you too." Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm gonna stay up here another day. <laughs> and then you know, and then it learns, and then it really starts to tie into like, okay, he's not coming home. Uh, she genuinely is scared, right? Yeah. Like she calls the police, and then when the when I guess like a few days come by and he 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 still doesn't come back, she's she's crying by herself in the kitchen while she's like washing the dishes. So like. There's obviously something still there. Yeah, and then I think, too, like, when she finally, like, breaks down and starts crying, and then he's watching, and he puts down the binoculars, and then at that point, like, he kind of just sits there and stares and, like, looks. I think that was, like, the one moment where he was like, oh, fuck, I really messed up. Like, I should just go down there. But yeah. then then I think her mother comes, Babs. Right. Babs. And he's like, oh, no, fuck this. (laughs) The widower herself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's just so many funny, like, little lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's also some very beautiful lines in this movie. There is. And I wrote down, like, a few of them uh, that I thought were really, really fantastic in this movie. Because, like, one of the ones that I thought was really, really great was the when he's come to the terms where it's like, you know, I, I could just up and leave like a normal person like I could divorce her I could take the money I could go stay in a hotel and like I could just stay there but 
that wouldn't make a difference. He's like, it's not difficult to run away. It's just that, like, you're still going to be the same person. Right. So him doing all of this, it kind of solidifies the fact that, like, he's changed. And he says the really important line of, like, I will become the Howard Wakefield I was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Being homeless. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, once we get to that point, because, again, he's very much like a Mm nine-to-fiver. And he wears, like, a suit and tie to work. And now he is just, like, once we get to the point where he is, like, full-blown homeless man. And he's got the really long hair and the big beard, and he's yeah. going around to people's garbage, and he's like, just oh, he's starting trash fucking homeless up. man raccoon fights, yeah. <laughs> where he's like knocking on like the trash can, he's like, <laughs> and like he just kind of hisses at him and walks away, yeah. like this is my can. <laughs> and then you get the Russian people that are like stealing yeah. trash, yeah, and like, so those are like the scavengers that, that kind of come from another part of town and steal people's uh, trash and sell it for money. Shoe fight yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, it's really really funny, right? It's really 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 fun um and then another aspect of the film that kind of like takes you off by off guard is the two children the kids because so from his from his attic window on the uh, on the um opposite side of the attic is his neighbor Mm -hmm. and he can see directly into that backyard and his neighbor i guess is a is an older man who takes care of disabled uh, yeah kids with like mental disabilities and stuff like that um and I guess he kind of—it's almost like a like a daycare center for them. He teaches them. He like you know he goes through whatever. He teaches them stuff. Yeah. Um, like life skills. Yeah, showers for stuff them like though, yeah, which does, is a little little weird. little weird. But um, I mean it's not it, it's no they, not they, they, part they, of his house really. It's right, like a whole, and they never ever imply that it's like weird no I just, in any way. I was just like weird. Yeah. Very convenient for uh Howard that he has a shower <laughs> that he could use every night. Yeah. Um. But yeah, these because uh, he's watching them kind of in like this like kumbaya circle, and then one of the girls notices him, and then from there on out he's like, "Fuck, my cover's blown." Mm-hmm. And then they end up coming back, and they end up like uh, befriending him. Yeah, and they take care of him. Yeah, especially towards the end. I mean, yeah. dude, at the end when it's like Thanksgiving. And it is because he's in New York, right? Yes. It is brick outside. Well, that's why, like, he's probably not that far away from us. No, because they 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 imply he actually takes. I don't know. You, you've taken the metro, yeah. right? Yeah. So the track that he goes on to go home is our track that we yeah. take to go back to come back from the city. So he's probably in like the well, even the too. suburban like Poughkeepsie, Newburgh, yeah, that's Beacon. Why, like, that's what I was thinking. Area. And, he went into Zorro's too, which like I I've gone into like a couple of times. They have really good like Italian cookies in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, no. He even says too where it's like um talking about like suburbia and everything like that. He says mm. the line where it's like the in the suburbs line. you live with nature, yeah. but you don't actually live with nature. You live apart from nature. Yeah, and it ends up like growing to be like how he lives apart from from the households and suburbia itself. Yeah. But, but then, yeah, no, he's definitely, it, like, close. And then he turns into him pretty much living with nature. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't go very well for him. No, because if, if, if you live in New York, you understand how fucking awful winters are oh, here. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. And, yeah, like you said, like, towards the end when he gets the cold and he starts getting, like, He literally has frostbite. He, yes. has, he has, like, minor frostbite on his face. Yes. And when the when the two kids with the disabilities come and take him and then they... They give him, like, they, soup and a blanket yeah. and, like... They they make sure that he's warm. Like, it's really nice. And you mm-hmm. really feel, like, a soft spot for it. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, like, you know, he had said that you can't come here again or I have to leave. But they come and, like, help him. 
and he just has like friends yeah and they're really like the first human interaction he's had in almost a year right because it's more or less just been like him inner monologuing with himself and making up scenarios of like his wife and then i thought too like backtracking a little bit towards like when they were in the summer and like when they were going to cape cod for a vacation and he had to kind of like leave the attic for a little while mm-hmm. just because he didn't know when they were going to come back and when they were going to put stuff back yeah and he moves everything fucking back into its correct spot yeah yeah but like i really thought when he was sleeping by the pond and the mosquitoes kept biting him and when he tripped and fell i was like oh fuck like he broke his ankle or something and that's gonna add on like a whole other layer to like yeah, how yeah. he, he survived hospital because yeah. then they're like you know they'll pull him up and that's then... what i thought was gonna happen yeah, yeah, but yeah. that, that would have been cool that would have been a nice little thing yeah that's cool um and then i mean how did you feel about the ending because i thought it was a really good ending. i i really like the ending because he he throughout the movie he plays like these scenarios in his head and the fact that like it took Dirk Morrison coming to his house for him to decide, like, okay, like, I need to kind of get myself back in the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I swear, like, $300 does not equal out to, like, the amount that he got for things. Um, the... The haircut, the face trim, the nail trim, the... Suit. The, the two suits. Well, he got, he got a Goodwill suit, so that could have been, like... Yes, but then he went to the city (laughs) and got a good suit. Yeah, that is true. That's a train ticket there and back. Yeah, no, I don't think think he did just use his cash in that moment. I think he definitely, like, used his card or something. Yeah. Or a check or something. Um, Maybe, but, like, oh, yeah, maybe a check would work because then it would take some time to clear. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, him playing out the scenarios of, like, as he's walking into the house because he's like, I'm going to let her decide because at this point I've been playing this whole power play and I've been in control, I might lose her. Mm-hmm. So either she can choose Dirk Morrison or myself, but I need to make sure that she sees that I'm still here. Yeah. And as he's like walking to the front steps and like, he plays the image in his head of like the two scenarios that could kind of happen. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's, it's, like, it's like, Oh my God, he's home. They rush to him and hug him. And then and he smiles and he's kind of got like, he's kind of hoping. For yeah. That. And then as he gets a little bit closer, they kind of like back away and they're afraid because they're like, what the fuck? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. And then you don't really know what the reaction is going to be. Right. No, he, he just walks in. He has the key. Right. He walks into his house. He closes it and he walks through. I'm and it's home. An, and it's an outside shot. You don't, you're not in the house with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he walks to the door and they're kind of just, it's, I think it's around Christmas time. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of just like doing whatever in the living room. And then, yeah, he just is standing at the door and he goes, I'm home. And then they just kind of like stare and look at him. And then it ends. And I thought he, it was a fantastic ending a great for ending. the movie. It leaves it up so much to the imagination of, like, whether or not they decided to take him back or, like, that they were happy or scared or whatever. You, yeah, like, where what where does a family go from there? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, where the fuck do you begin? Yeah. It was like, oh, no, I've been fine. I've been living in the attic for a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really hard. Like, as I've been thinking about it, like, ever since yesterday, I was like, what would I say in that scenario? Yeah. And I would probably either be, like... You can't do, like, a kidnapping thing because then, like, the cops are going to get involved. You would have to maybe do, like, something where it's, like, I don't know, maybe you got hit on the head and you had amnesia and, like, it's been a year and you just <laughs> remembered. That's a little bit more believable. <laughs> it's um, a far stretch, though. It, it is a far <laughs> a f- fucking more so than, like, oh, I chased a raccoon out of the attic and lived there for a year. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> you got to pick your battles it's here, rid- Frank. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Even so, like, maybe... Fuck, they're in New York, so he can't play it off of, like, oh, I got, like, stranded somewhere and I couldn't no. give you a call or anything nope, like that. can't say that. I think amnesia is the best I, way to go. Be. It might be. It's maybe the only way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson took me. <laughs> <laughs> Taken three. I didn't want it. <laughs> I didn't need to be taken. <laughs> um, but we didn't discuss Ben. Yeah, fuck Ben. Yeah, fuck Ben. Yeah, Ben's the worst. <laughs> ben, you are such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> when he's sitting, oh. going through, uh, and and uh, Howard is just watching through the window, mm-hmm. and he's like, and Ben is trying to play the card of, you know, like the sympathetic friend. Yeah. And he puts his hand on her hand, and then she pulls away. And he's just laughing hysterically, yeah. and he's kind of like, like he's kind of like building up his wife. Where he's like, "At a girl, like that's how you yeah. show him. Like, give him the cold shoulder. Don't fucking do anything." Like, and then Ben's face is just like, "Ugh." And then when they're at, when they're at like the party, mm-hmm. and she's outside having kind of like a breakdown, and she's crying outside, and Ben goes out there, yeah, to make and, a and, call and he, or something. Well, he wants to say something, and then he's just like, "No, I can't do it." And then he passes <laughs> her, and then he's just on the phone, and he's up there like laughing hysterically, and he's like, "You're such a." Dude. Douchebag! <laughs> it's so funny. It's great, and that's the thing too. Is like Howard even makes like a really good point of like why she can't really move on because it's like, oh, if he just straight up was like, I'm gonna divorce you, or like just leave and then take all the money or anything like that, she'll be the victim, and she can kind of just like, you know, date whoever she wants because she's gonna have like the sympathy for it. He says because I am still vanished. And she does not know what happened to her husband. She is kind of like tethered to me until she finds out what truly happened. Mm -hmm. So it would be wrong for her to cheat and like end up with another man because I could still be alive somewhere. Right. And that has like a huge power play for half of the movie of like how he kind of thinks. Yeah. But I think the ending works so well with it. Because if they accept him back, cool, great, like, you know, they're a family again. If they don't, he's just going to go live in the attic again. <laughs> he's fucking fine with it. He's made it so long. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I'll just go live in the attic. Yeah, because when he's driving, too, he's like, it feels weird to be under rules and regulations again. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's also weird when it's also kind of, like, interesting because he, he's, he notices how, like, much... Uh, how how financially hard it's hitting her mm-hmm. that he's no longer you know there to, to yeah, do any when, support so now she's on one income which is just hers yeah and when he notices like oh she's buying like the cheaper meats yeah and, and then she's, she's like really struggling and whatever and it, like and he still doesn't come back it's like do you like do, do you think that he i mean look it's like did he take it too far oh a little bit yes i mean yeah for I mean, sure honestly it would have been very easy explanation wise for like the first night. Yeah, you could it would have been you very could get easy. through it. You can get through the first night. Yeah. But once you, you start disappearing for 4 months, 5 months, 6 yeah. months, even a week, even yeah. like a week, couple of days, it's really fucking hard. Yeah. And it almost it almost seemed easier after a year to come back rather than like the week, 2 weeks mark. Because after like 2 weeks you're like 
well, where the fuck were you? It was like, oh, I was in the attic for two weeks. It was like, you were in the fucking attic? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, after a year, you can really, like I said, kind of play it off of, like, oh, amnesia or kidnapped or, like, this yeah. and that, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like he might just be totally honest. Yeah. I don't know. He seems like the type of guy that would just be like, hey. <laughs> I chased I was watching everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I watched a couple of nip slips and side boob action from yeah. the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's definitely an interesting concept of a movie. And I think, uh, I think it's one that I, I was actually very surprised that my girlfriend wasn't about it. Um, and I was she, very surprised that my girlfriend was about it. Yeah, um, and you know, I think that it is. It, I think it's a it's a movie that really kind of like it asks a lot of questions, and mm. it and it shows you a very very unique tale. And I haven't seen anything like this before. No, and it it really borders on like something that very well could happen, or probably has happened. Maybe, yeah. Like. It, it's not outside of a realm where, like, somebody's just like, this is my version of a midlife crisis. Where, yeah. like, people, you know, they'll, like, grow their hair out or get a tattoo or, like, buy a car or quit their or job. Or abandon their family. Yeah, or abandon their family. <laughs> like, this yeah. this is a very different take on it. Yeah. And I think that's what really intrigued me. Because when you texted me about this movie, you made it seem like it was a whole other thing. Did I? Yeah, you made me think that like he was agoraphobic and like he couldn't leave his attic and his. Did wife... I say anything? I thought I just said I want to watch a movie called Wakefield, and that was it. No, I'm pretty sure my text no. message just says I want to do a movie <laughs> called Wakefield, and you were like, "Oh, that seems interesting," and that was it. Yeah, but you didn't correct me. I think. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't think you corrected. All you said me. was that sounds interesting. It's got Brian Cranston in it. That's always a good sign. Yes. <laughs> Correct. I gave you no explanation of the film. <laughs> you just made this scenario up in your head. Well, I think you're I, like you're like a word. You're like a bad girlfriend. We're like we're like we're like we're into an argument, and you just made up an entire situation that just didn't happen. Frank, I'm mad at you for the dream that I had last night. Yeah. Like, I didn't you called me an asshole. <laughs> Uh, I think that's what it is. I think I read like the synopsis on Google and I just skimmed over it. And you were like, Frank told me all of this. <laughs> Frank is Google. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I thought that he was like agoraphobic and like he couldn't leave his addict and then his wife found somebody new. Mm. And then he was like, oh, fuck, I got to stop being agoraphobic because I got to get out of the house soon. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, all right, it's somewhat interesting. Yeah. But this this was a very fun story. Yeah, and I think very it's cool. unique. I think it's cool. And again, it kind of you know it, it 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 it's very very well written. Uh, it's not it's not. It looks like it was made for seven dollars. Like it does. There's yeah. no crazy budget. Like we just did Pacific Rim. Like it's not nearly like anything like that. No. It's much. It's a very very small story. Mm-hmm. And it's very very contained. Again, I would say like eighty five percent of this movie basically takes place in the attic, in the driveway, and in the house, and I, that's it. I think the most money they probably had to spend was just on like the practical effects to get like his beard and hair so straggly maybe yeah that's probably it. that's probably it yeah <laughs> everything else they were just like hey here's the neighborhood let's shoot around here yeah exactly um so i think that you know it's a very it's a small story but i think it's a story worth seeing yeah and uh again i don't really know how you're gonna leave feeling this movie uh i don't know if yeah. you feel it's not like a very uplifting happy movie it's more of a somber, sad tale, but it definitely has like funny comedic. Yo, when when 
when when uh, her mom comes up over and he's like he's like I he's like God I wish I just had a high power oh, yeah. rifle <laughs> one shot one kill <laughs> like there are some funny one liners and there are some funny uh, funny little like dialogue pieces in this movie and and it is pretty funny to to watch but then it also you know it, it's also a pretty serious tale and yeah. it also I, I, and it really does show you. Uh, the homelessness situation of what he is doing, and it's that sad to watch. And then you have like the cool little nice friendship with the the kids with the disabilities, and there's just a lot going for this movie. Yeah. And I think it's I think I mean, and Brian Cranston's great. Like, yeah, I love Brian Cranston. You know, I've I mean, always thought like he is a very incredibly great actor. Yeah, he's really really great in it. Uh, and again, I I mean, my biggest praise is the writing for yes. me. Like the writing is done, I think, so so well because again, in a film that is almost entirely exposition for to keep me engaged Mm -hmm. that really really showcases at least for me like how well it is written and for me the fact that there are no giant robots punching giant monsters keeping me engaged i mean that's not that hard i i can i get through a lot of movies that are just dialogue (laughs) and enjoy them yeah uh, and I think that's it. So I think I highly recommend Wakefield. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think that you. It's on listener, Netflix too. Is it? So I mean, that's the thing for the people that are listening that want to check it out that haven't. It's on Netflix. There you go. I don't know how long it'll be on there, but like I just took a shot in the dark seeing first option if that was on there, and yeah. it's there. Cool. So you can see it on Netflix then. Um, it's probably on Hulu too. It's definitely on like um, the Amazon like watch. Thing. Amazon video. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think it's it, it's definitely you can go you can find it, uh, and I think that it is a story worth seeing mm-hmm. um, and a movie worth watching, uh, and that's it. Yeah. So guys, thank you for listening. Now Frank, roll the credits.